Thank you that the last enemy to be destroyed is death and that death is destroyed. Death is beaten. We can be free. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So, resurrection. It's good, isn't it? Thank you to the three people that think so. It's good. It is, that's seven. Well, then we're getting there. This is going to be good. You know, you just have to keep pretending that I'm talking to you and we'll be okay. Resurrection life is good. On Friday, Jesus said on the cross as he breathed his last, it's finished. And it looked like it was finished because it looked like he had been defeated. On Thursday, in the reading we had at Maundy Thursday Communion, we were told that Jesus knew that all authority in heaven and on earth had been given to him by his Father. And what did he do? He went off and died because that was what he needed to do. Death and sin and hell and evil and everything thought that it had won because Jesus died on the cross. Mary Magdalene sees this happen on Friday. She hears the words Jesus says. It is finished. And we're told in little brackets or in between commas or parentheses quite often in the account that John gives of Easter, they didn't really understand yet that Jesus was to be raised from the dead. They didn't understand yet why Jesus had to die. They didn't understand that everything was in hand. They didn't understand that all authority in heaven and on earth remained with Jesus, even as he died on the cross, even as he breathed his last and said, it is finished. It sounded like everything was over and done with. Evil had won. But he knew. He knew. It was finished. In a good way. In the best way. That's what he knew. He'd said to the thief on the cross, to the side of him, today you'll be with me in paradise. He was able to do that because he knew. He had the authority to give life, to forgive sins. Hands up if you've never committed a sin. It's all right, there are no hands up if you're at the front. Don't worry, there's not perfect people behind you. It's okay. And so, we need somebody with the authority to forgive. Don't we? We need somebody with the authority to defeat death and hell. Don't we? Well, we've got one. We've got, as they say when they're being colloquial, a live one. Because Jesus isn't dead anymore. That's it. He's risen. That's why we sang that chorus 43 times at the beginning. It's because it's true. 
Jesus is risen. Maybe on the 17th way round the chorus, you realise that it might actually be a thing that is real. That's why we sang it that often. Also, because I forgot to not repeat it several times. Sorry about that. But it helps to remind ourselves of these things that are true, does it not? Jesus is risen. That means all the stuff in the rest of the Bible that talks about the life and the hope that is available to us if we belong to Jesus is right and true and worthy of holding on to in days that look evil, like today. There is a lot of crap in the world at the moment, is there not? So we need a saviour, do we not? Absolutely. There is a lot of pain and suffering in the world at the moment, some of it caused by us, some of it caused by other people. We need somebody to help us with that, do we not? That's the point of the resurrection, that we might know that Christ has defeated death, has been raised from the dead, and that we can, if we are in Christ, as Paul was reading just now, trust that one day we also will be raised from the dead. Anyone who is in Christ is what? What was that, Peter? A new creation. Does that mean you're the same as you were before? No. The old is gone and the new has come. Some of you are older than others. I hate to break it to you. But it's true. I'm older than I used to be. I've aged during this morning service. Perhaps it's not surprising. But I am in Christ. That makes me new. That means that the stuff that kept me away from eternal life with God that had been won for me by Jesus Christ on the cross and in the resurrection, that's gone. And the new has come. The new that doesn't just last in this body, that lasts beyond the conking out of this body, which is getting ever closer, I have to tell you, and into eternity, where I can worship God forever. I really think as well that the choruses in heaven won't be quite so boring and repetitive, but we will be able to worship God forever because that is what we were made for. All the rest of the stuff that we fill our lives with is window dressing. Paul, in his letters, had a different word for it that I'm not allowed to use with children present. But it's not we. It's the other one. Paul considered everything excrement apart from following Jesus because he knew how free he was in Christ. Because he knew what he'd been saved from. Paul had killed people. So he was in a pretty solid boat of knowing he was in a bad way. But there's not a person here who hasn't committed a sin. We already covered that. That means there's not a person here who at one point or other has not been a slave to sin. Jesus said anyone who commits a sin is a slave to it. But then, on the cross and in the resurrection, he broke the chain that connected you to all the wrong that you have done and thought and said 
and gave you a route to life. That's what this is about. Are you with me? Good. That's what baptism is for. That's why it's great to do it on Easter Day. Because these children have been adopted into God's family forever. God doesn't throw people out of his family. He likes adding to his family. That's what we've done this morning. If you are a Christian, at one stage or other, you were added to God's family. If you're not a Christian and you're wondering what I'm talking about, will he ever shut up? It's coming sometime in a few minutes. I haven't quite worked out how to finish this yet. But there is a place for you in God's family. If you've been wandering around life going, what am I doing? What is it about? All this war and plague and illness and sickness and suffering and pain. I don't know how to handle it. I tell you, neither do I. But God is good. And his love goes on and on and on and on and on and on forever and ever and ever. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. On the cross, God was bringing together, reconciling all of creation with himself in Jesus. You don't have to worry about how to cope or handle it. Apart from trust in God and believe in the one that he has sent, Jesus Christ. He is the firstborn from the grave. He sets the pattern and the example, the tone for what will happen for all of us who are in Christ, from the youngest to the oldest. I'm not going to pick on anyone in particular this morning for who might be the oldest. That's a risky thing to do, isn't it, Grant? But we know what happens if we're in Christ. We will be raised from the dead with him and be with God forever in heaven. The new heaven and the new earth is coming. That means we can set our eyes on things above and not get too wound up with things down here. Whether it's some of the terrible things that we wish we knew how to help with, the best thing we can do is pray and then the next best thing is to be on the side of good and right and justice and do things to support good and right and justice. But beyond that, trust in God. Trust in God. Jesus is risen. That is the thing that matters on Easter Day. Amen.